0: so uh, welcome everyone to uh, eavesdropping at the movies i'm jose i'm mike uh, and today what we wanted to do was pick a film from mubi uh, so uh, i've been really impressed at the curation that movie have been doing around cinema it's one of the few outlets in which you can see really great uh, international cinema Sometimes old classics. So we thought we'd devote.
1: Well, what is maybe for those who don't know? What is it?
0: Ah, um, it's a film platform. It's a streaming service. It's a streaming service uh, that is really good. So basically, they curate their whole program. They put out a film a day. They have it on the rubric. So right now, for example, there's a Zhang Yimou rubric uh, that you can watch. Uh, there's a, a, a Zenusi uh, rubric where they're showing some of his older films, and then it's a selection of international art house hits. Most of them quite recent, but uh, uh, also dotted with a few classics. Uh, I started uh, seeing uh, a Swagger yesterday, uh, which I've, I've written a little blurb on my on my blog, and which was just so fantastic. Uh, that I thought we'd uh, we try seeing an old classic today. Uh, well, the other
1: thing that they do, movie, uh, is that they give each movie thirty days on their platform. That's right, and that's it. So they add one movie a day, but they also take one off a day. And right, they each get a thirty day lifespan, which I think is really good because if you if you compare that to the two any other streaming service like Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever, like they could have loads and loads of stuff on, but actually they add just like a dumping ground for uh, for everything that's on there. So. You go, oh, it's, everything's on... I've, I've got a huge list of stuff on Netflix that I'm probably not going to get around to, whereas if, you're, if you've are if you got a 30-day time limit, there's okay. more of a chance you're going to pay attention and get around to watching it.
0: Well, you see, for me, it's kind of the opposite, really. I trawl through Netflix, and it all seems like shit, and B-movies, and, you know, I can't find stuff. And sometimes you see something, and you think, oh, I must remember that. And then, like, kind of you try and find it again, and it's just, like, really sh- shitty, really. So- right,
1: but, but that's what I mean, like... It, it's it's just a dumping ground for loads of TV and loads of films, and, yeah. and you might not and you might not even find anything. There's just too much choice. Whereas if you've got only thirty things to look at, well,
0: it's not just that it's 30, and only thirty things
1: and only thirty days to watch them.
0: Yeah, but it's thirty things that have received the claim or that are really significant for one reason or another. They are curated films, and and for me it's really important because one of the things that I've been a noticing and b missing is how difficult it is now to see international art house cinema. It's just like, Mm. you know, almost no one is showing it. And really, even the outlets that you would expect to kind of privilege that kind of programming, like The Electric in Birmingham, they're not doing it any longer. So, you know, the idea of art house cinema now is American indie cinema. Uh, And even American English language art house
1: cinema you know it comes here for a week and then goes
0: and then goes so 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 movie is a kind of a lifeline really to kind of keep in touch with currents of international cinema yeah um, and uh, and today uh, we saw Elio Petri's investigation of a cinema. a <laughs> Elio Petri's investigation of a citizen above suspicion, a 1970 uh, film, which actually kind of you know uh, uh, reaffirmed my love for what Mubi is doing because I thought it was just wonderful. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I liked it quite a lot. It's all, it's it's clearly uh, in our in our lives uh, a kind of companion piece to Zed which we watched a few weeks ago. Yes, it comes out came out at about the same time. It's it's um. Uh, it's italian uh, zed was uh, french french greek um but it's it's uh, about uh, uh political corruption and uh and a kind of weird dark comic twist on a crime story
0: yeah it's it's almost it's a satire bordering on farce really there are moments that are just hilariously funny mm. but but actually they're hilariously funny about things that are very serious and grave mm. right it really is about kind of authority and police corruption and you know the prevention of democratic processes and you know citizens basically you know being denied their rights at the wave at a drop of a hat uh
1: and set a, them set a, against a backdrop of communism and activism and revolution yes, from it's... young people and upstarts. And... That's
0: right. If you can imagine, you know, May 68, this is just, you know, a year later, really, or a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. So the film must have been kind of conceptualized around that moment of May 68. Uh, and it has a fantastic central performance uh, by Jamaria Volonte Volonté uh, as a kind of Il Duce figure. Uh, so the film has this fantastic beginning, which, you know, a man goes into a house, you know, a beautiful woman sweeps her arms up and says how are you going to kill me this time <laughs> right it's a fantastic opening uh, and then the thing is that he really does and not only does he kill her but he makes sure to leave clues all around so you know he puts a, a thread of his tie on her fingernail he makes sure he steps all over uh, he steals jewellery but leaves money he takes a leisurely shower and leaves his fingerprints everywhere and so you know the idea exactly, yeah. so he builds a crime scene very deliberately and he run Wondering
1: what's going on, we're asking. We didn't know anything about the film uh, going in, and we're asking each other, "What's he doing? Is he is he is he trying to frame someone else? What, he's he's building a crime scene here very deliberately. Yeah. Uh, it's not just it's it's not a crime of passion. Yes, there's something very deliberate going on. That's how the film opens up. That's right. So it's very intriguing from the beginning.
0: It's yeah, it it hooks you right from the beginning, um, and then as the film unfurls, you realise. You know, that he's the head of police. Not only that, he's just been promoted. He's somebody who's got great power and great influence. And basically, he wants to test the limits of that influence. So, you know, can you really jail a person who is completely above suspicion? Right? Or or does being above suspicion, in quotation marks, gives you complete impunity to commit any crime that you want?
1: Yeah, there's an interesting thing about it. So he... he as uh, Spoilers, I guess, you know, coming up now. Yeah, this right. is a film from 1970, so... Um, uh, so there's this thing of he he plants clues to lead his team. Basically, the people under him are the people who are investigating the crime. Um, and he leads them in one way or another, and he, he kind of he, he draws them to to the husband, to someone else, uh, 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 and then draws them away again. And then eventually uh, is dropping clues that it's him. Yes. Uh, and he wants to get to the point, and, and this is revealed in flashback in conversations with the mistress yes. who he murdered. Yes. Um, that he wants to prove that he is above suspicion. He, she, she's const- she's kind of th- their relationship degenerates and it degrades into her calling him a child, mm. um, and 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 he's kind of going. But well, I'm powerful. I'm in the police, yeah. and so he wants to prove that he's above suspicion. And there's an interesting thing. There's an interesting kind of subtlety to it, which is that if someone else is convicted of this crime that's not good enough Mm. because someone else being convicted doesn't mean that you were above suspicion or you were above, above the law. What it means is that they just got it wrong Mm. to be above suspicion. They have to know you did it and still not do anything. Yes. That's really. And so when you get to the end of the film, he's, he's yelling at all the, all the guys in charge that I did this and I've got the evidence to show you. And they're ripping it up in front of him and ignoring him. And, there's this thing of they don't not believe him. Yes. I think they, I think they completely understand that he did it, but it's this thing of closing ranks. It's this yes. weird twist on a on a on a on that type of scene where normally you're saying you know uh, the guy who did it is trying to prove he didn't and get away with it, and they're going well we've got all the evidence we know what happened. Mm. It's completely backwards. Yes. He's saying I've got all the evidence I can prove my guilt, yes. and they're going no 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 it doesn't stand up. It's
0: like you know the police force and the forces of repression. And of authority can in no way be challenged, even by an admission of guilt from the perpetrator himself, (laughs) And the provision of all the evidence they need. Because he's a police, uh, he's a member of the police force, and because he's such a high-ranking member of the police force, you absolutely cannot indict him, you know?
1: It's bizarre. It's like he doesn't understand the world in which he operates, actually. It's like, I mean, he does, but then actually it's like he's... He does for most of the film, and he's kind of so in charge. But then by that final scene, he seems kind of out of his depth. He seems like I didn't realise that they really wouldn't do
0: anything. Yes. yeah. Yes, he's surprised. But let's backtrack a little bit, yeah. because, you know, the film is beautifully structured, and and its greatest achievement is its tone, because, you know, it's really funny, right? So it's, it's a yeah. satire that works. It's really funny. It looks beautiful. You know, it's kind of... Uh, um, you know, the use of colors and uh Jamaria Volonté is always wearing like these beautiful suits and, you know, even like the scarf he's wearing. It's a very, it's a very elegant looking film mm. that is beautifully shot, but also it's beautifully structured. So from the moment that uh, um, the mistress says, how are you going to kill me this time, then she reappears. And so you think that he's kind of playing, you know, a kind of an intellectual game to test the power that he wields. Right. Um, but then it turns out that basically he's a, you know, he's a macho authoritarian pig who basically killed her because, you know, she didn't respect him enough and told him that, you know, he was sexually inadequate and not good in bed and that she was having an affair with a young hot man upstairs. I <laughs> like a so, revolutionary idealist. Uh, that's right. All the opposite things. of him. Yeah. Right. So, so, kind of you know, this is not just a, a kind of a critique of authoritarian police power in democracies. it's also a kind of a critique of machismo really mm. yeah? uh which which does very funny things with it, though you know it kind of it never undermines that authority, i suppose uh um it's also interesting in that it talks about an Italian culture in nineteen seventy that is extraordinarily hierarchical and in which everyone knows their place Mm. and and it's extraordinarily bureaucratic and kind of you know people insult uh uh, underlings with impunity like everybody's a cretin (laughs) (laughs) i I thought all of that was kind of you know telling uh uh and um yeah instructive in, in 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 what you see but also kind of extremely elegant in the way that you're told it you know I think it's a film that still works. I'm curious to see what you think.
1: Um, thinking about the machismo thing, I wanted to ask you uh, uh, about the the gay character. This is something that came up when we were watching Z. Um, uh, the the idea that for all its positive points, there is this very negative um, representation of a gay character. I
0: mean, I you know that I'm kind of used to, and you just attribute to the time. Mm. So, but I think it is you know. Thank you for reminding me because it is worth underlining. So there's a scene where, you know, they're interrogating someone who they think could have committed the murder, the 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 mistress husband, ex-husband, where they've been separated for three years, they haven't been divorced. It's Italy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but anyway, you know, their way of abusing him is really just to call him queer and transvestite and gay and, mm. you know, taking up the ass and whatever. But what was really telling was the introduction to the scene, which begins with something like, you know, the country's in shit and... You know, last year there were, like, uh, 300 rapes and ex-drug addicts and ex-homeless people and ex-prostitutes and, you know, 6,000 known homosexuals. So, you know, that was very telling, right? That kind of homosexuality is linked with crime and prostitution and corruption and, yeah, yeah, that it's not just a sexual activity. You're actually ranking them with, like, homeless people, (laughs) like communists and revolutionaries and prostitutes, right? There's also a thing
1: (laughs) of, of actually the main character, this cop, and his mistress... They themselves act out a kind of sexual deviant lifestyle. Yes, um, they. Uh, I think they pose like they, they pose crime photos, right? Yes. In like a sort of there's a sexual tone to it. And yeah. It takes photos of her. That's like wonderful. that's true sexual deviance. Yeah,
0: and and it's very funny. So, their way, so their kink is that they perform uh, uh, scenes of famous sexual crimes. As a way of turning each other on, mm. so she always has to pretend, like you know, she she's she's the murder victim in the meadows, or the you know the murder victim that was killed by the sea, and these are all famous murders mm. that they restage, you know, uh, 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 as something to enhance their libido, really.
1: Yeah, but like it's it's, it's then it's an interesting sort of counterpoint because that is a, a, a kind of uh, slightly different sexual. Yeah, it's a king, it's a king. and uh, and you know which you could see as rather a lot darker than just being gay.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, but, you know, the thing is that those kinks are sexually acceptable, whereas homosexuality is something that's like socially beyond the pale mm. and that you kind of uh, um, list amongst you know, all the uh, 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 societal subversives and marginals and something that's really outside of society mm. uh, and that should be brought into the law. Uh, I, I, you know, I do think it's unfortunate, but it's very, it is very characteristic of its time. Yeah, yeah. sure. So it didn't bother me too much, but though it probably should.
1: Yeah, well, um, I think the film is. It, there's some real. There's a there's a really strong uh, feeling to the world that it builds. There's a kind of there's a kind of claustrophobia in the police station all the time. Like shots are very tight in on faces, and there are big crowds where it's just heads populating the screen. And and there's a lot of kind of long lens looking mm. in. like The film, in some ways, sort of... It has that kind of classic 70s look, though, I suppose... I suppose it's kind of slightly anticipating it in this one because it's the very start of 1970. It feels like the conversation starts to look like it later yes. on. These kind of long lenses, and particularly a kind of... You also get these shots, long zooms in from a long way off, like yes. this feeling of, of uh, an all-seeing eye, big yeah. brother sort of thing going on. Um, there's one bit of setting one bit of kind of reason I'm saying that really grabbed me which was the room full of fingerprints yes this weird sort of uh Kafka-esque sort of room with, the guys the I forget exactly what the guy's doing the fingerprint guy is is saying I've got all these fingerprints and your fingerprints are all over the place But the room itself, like, these things are hanging up, these huge sheets with giant fingerprints on them, fingerprints smeared all over
0: and and hands and things. And they're all the police commissioners. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And and they're kind of... They're running through it like this this bizarre, slightly dreamy uh, sort of world is is built out of this. uh, that, That one... Bitch really got me. Uh, yeah.
0: I, I loved all of that because, you know, one of the things that the film is very good at is showing you the police procedurals of the period, right? So, kind of the thing that I particularly loved is seeing like a 1969 computer, right, which kind of yeah. takes up a whole room and, you know, <laughs> they, they try to find the address of this one person using this kind of complexly marked card. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that kind of, I love all of that really. um it's a very elegant film i mean i i the, you know i was I, I only began to pay attention in the last half of the film but then i began to pay attention to how long the shots were and they're very complex shots they're yeah. kind of you know they're, they're 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 long shots that last for quite a while that traverse uh, uh spaces they go from room to room very elegantly and it's not a steady cam it's a traditional ca- camera on a track right mm-hmm. so uh uh and all to wonderful effect and uh, so the combination of that kind of, you know, uh, shooting, it's not quite in depth, yeah? So they're not, the shots are not in depth because often you have jean Maria Volonté's face in focus and the background is out of focus, you know, but they're nonetheless kind of shot sequences, yeah? There's a lot of, of lengthy shots that tra- that traverse, you know, various rooms and that are often a scene rather than just a shot, right? Or, or a big part of a scene rather than just a shot, um, but the shooting is often quite shallow yeah like yeah. uh, uh, shallow focus yeah shallow focus because um, actually
1: there's a lot of racking focus yes uh, which kind of which helps extend those shots because where you would where you would normally have a cut or where you where you would otherwise have a cut you instead rack focus onto a different part of the frame and that kind of provides that but everything's kept that you still get to see all the action and it's mm. kept this continuity of the scene which really contributes it, it it's which which is, it's just, it's always pleasant. It's always pleasant, that sort of thing, if you can, mm. you know, and it shows a skill and it shows a talent and, you know, that's a pleasure to, mm. to observe.
0: Mm. Yes. Um, I thought the film kind of technically it, it was just wonderful. And I also thought the other thing that was just incredible to me was really the lead performance because it's such a hard thing to do. It's like, he really acts like Mussolini, right? So it's a performance that on the one hand is really highly charged. It's a very stylized performance. And yet it's, mm. it's capable of great subtlety and kind of great tonal range. Yeah, it kind of, it moves, you know, from being something farcical to being something scary to, yeah. Mm. Uh, um, and with all the formalities that accrue, you know, the, and sometimes formalities that verge on a kind of violence, I thought, I thought he was wonderful to see
1: there's something about his performance that was on my mind which is that in flashback uh, when you see the scenes between him and his mistress um, they're they're kind of honest yes he is just talking to her and reacting to her when he when she angers him he gets angry every time that you see him in the present day when you see him uh, you know kind of the, 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 the when you see the main story going on of the mm. investigation and so on um i I can't think of a moment, maybe maybe until right in the very at the very end. I can't think of a moment where it didn't seem like he was performing. Yes. like he doesn't seem honest at any point there, right. He's trying to keep things in control.
0: Well, he's performing power throughout. yeah, yeah,, uh, but and actually, including with her, though he obviously feels more vulnerable to her than to than to anyone else in the film. Mm. I think you know, the other moment of vulnerability is when he tries to frame the young revolutionary lover from upstairs that she's having the affair with and he turns the tables on him, yes. right? And kind of, so that's a moment of kind of, of, of vulnerability that you've really seen throughout the film. Um, another thing, and maybe the last thing that is on my mind and that I want to mention is really like... Um, so one of my things is that, you know, we saw I, Tonya, yesterday... And just the quality of the image, like I felt it's so thin, right? Like, and you look at this film and it has like depth and texture. And it goes back to my thing about morning celluloid. I know that you can uh, achieve those effects on digital. But if that's the case, then why don't they, right? (laughs) Because you see a film like this, and actually there's just a pleasure in looking at at the, the colors and the style and the depth of tonalities and... mean it is a 4k restored version right and it's obviously like you know a a very beautifully realized 4k restoration yeah you know but nonetheless this is a restoration is meant to be how the film originally appeared and actually i think so few films can you know so few contemporary films appear to us with the depth of color and you know just kind of a, 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 a kind of a formal beauty that um, celluloid seems to achieve in films of this period?
1: Uh, I, Tony, was shot
0: on 35mm. Right. Okay, well, there just you go. I've just found out. Okay, well, very badly shot then on 35mm. Well,
1: mil. that might be a certain uh, thing, but uh, no, it was shot on film, apparently. I, mean, uh, I, I did think that was shot on film.
0: Weirdly. It looked okay. like that. Anyway. Um, I stand corrected. It looked, it looked thin.
1: But, I mean, there's a reason that this one Best Foreign Picture. I Award did it. I did it. No. I'll, I'll, I'll check the actual, I think. It's the best film in a foreign language, uh-huh. but um, let me just quickly uh, check for you. Calgary Award for Best Foreign Language Film. Okay, well, wonderful.
0: Did so, you not know that? I did not know that, no. Um, and uh, all I can say after having viewed it is that it uh, it probably deserves to. It's a great movie.
1: It won the grand prize at Cannes as well. Second most prestigious to the Palme d'Or, that is. right. Uh, and the Pabreski Prize, which I will find out what that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the International Federation of Film Critics, short for Fédération Internationale de la Presse Cinématographique.
0: Okay, very good. Uh, <laughs> Brussels. Anyway, so let's wrap it up here. I mean, um, it's uh, 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 it's a wonderful film. Uh, it's it's a film that is made possible uh for viewing through uh Mubi uh and i think it's it's one of the reasons to have a look at Mubi and kind of try out what they offer i mean for me it's been a boon and actually watching investigation of a citizen above suspicion is a demonstration or a, a proof of of actually uh how good what they're doing is
1: yeah and something else is that you um uh invited me on movie, you, you said I got an email from you. Yes. Or from movie, Jose invites you to watch Swagger free for seven days. Yes. So they have a, a sort of invite program to get people involved.
0: Yes, I yes I hope watching that. I hope that works. Is it uh, English English Swagger? It's in French, but with uh, English subtitles. Okay. And it's you'll you'll really love it. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Well, um, so this is eavesdropping at the movies. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on SoundCloud and we're free to download on itunes uh so um do give us some feedback uh uh, we welcome it uh and actually it's very interesting the way that this podcast is uh changing as a result of your feedback and hopefully getting better
1: yeah for instance we do introductions and outros
0: now (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah we're getting professional (laughs) all right thank you very much Go on, then. Oh, uh, we just forgot to mention Ennio Morricone. Your score. Who did the score, and it's a brilliant score, because it's actually very upbeat, and it has, like, these bing sounds, and, you know, and it kind of is really crucial to the creation of, of a tone, you know, that the film actually requires, because, you know, without, without having a comical tone to the whole thing, or a satirical, farcical mm. tone to the whole thing... The film, uh, um, you know, might have fallen into a kind of an excessive police procedural, really. Yeah, well, the score kind of combines like sort of
1: ticking, like uh, detectivey, crimey, tense thing. But then there are these slightly wacky things on top of it. Sometimes it's <laughs> a sort of annoying. Yes. Well, that's not
0: right, but like. Yeah, you know, these mechanical or or electronic noises that punctuate it and, and yes. in a really different tone. And Instead at the beginning that it was instantly rec- recognizable, that you would have recognized it as a Morricone. Yeah, uh, if I didn't know, if I hadn't seen on the credits it was Morricone, I
1: would have gone. This is Morricone. Yes, you can tell. Yeah. So there's a, there's a sort of the use of the light motif that's kind of slightly ominous, teasing, mm. sort of what's going to happen.
0: Yes, but then with those you know, poppy, almost artificial sounds that are so recognisable uh, from the Sergio Leone films, actually. Mm. Yes, very much so. Okay, well, that's all I wanted to say. Okay, well. <laughs> now nah, you've said it. Uh, excellent. Excellent. Uh-huh. <laughs>